You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. The JSE has opened its doors for another day. It's the third day of a full trading week, so it's time for the opening. And this morning I'm speaking to Nick Kunza from Sandnam Private Wealth. And it's steady as you go, Nick, because every single day this week, which I think is the best consecutive up day streak that we've had for quite a while. Three days up for the S&P 500. Very nice indeed. And that's sort of filtering down to South Africa. Not as much as I would have expected. But anyway, not bad. Good morning, Lindsay. Yeah, exactly. Steady as you go. A bit of a bit of a welcome relief after the the wild days we had back in March with those five percent swings either way. A uh, little bit of, of I guess um, sanity prevailing as as much as can be expected in this, in this crazy environment. But in general, yes, uh, steady. Not so many wild swings. We've seen the VIX overseas last night down again. It's almost halved from its highs. It's also been reflected in the volatility coming down. And then back here in South Africa, as you said, uh, all of a sudden we're not having 1,000-point moves in the all share. It's more palatable 100 points, which, uh, quite frankly, I'll take at the moment. Very good. Just as a backdrop to the rest of our conversation, the S&P is up another half a percent. It's now 28.76. Actually, now two-thirds of a percent higher. 28.76. And lest we forget, it was 21. 50, 21.60, not that long ago. So that's a 700-point rally, which is a massive, massive move, mm. more than 30%. And uh, that looks like it's continuing. As the United States of America, despite the fact that the prediction is that 3,000 souls will lose their lives during the month of June per day, uh, lock and unlockdown is, is upon us. Mr. Trump wants everything open. Oh no, it's difficult to 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 quantify what what Mr. Trump is saying with what's happening on the ground. But if we look, I guess if we look further abroad as well, uh, not just in America. I mean, we, we, I guess we've got these very cautious reopenings um, of markets. So we've had Spain, Italy, India. They've started to ease some lockdown measures this week. Uh, most some businesses have been allowed to reopen as well as South Africa, Austria. They reopened stores, Denmark. Uh, they've sent their children back to school. Please, South Africa, take a note of that. Send your kids <laughs> back to school. How is your 10-year-old um, so, son, by the way? <laughs> yeah, he needs to go back to school. Uh, that, that wall is taking up strain with that football kicking up against it constantly. Um, but uh, in California, I guess, look no further. Uh, the largest state by gross domestic product in America, one of the largest economies in the world, uh, they are also allowing some of their retailers to reopen with restrictions uh, this week. So, I mean, these hopes and these lockdowns sort of Easing, Lindsay, I think is what we're seeing in the reflected in these these asset prices. A little bit of tentative buying, with caution, but um, I still think once again that we don't even know how this is going to play out. We've just got to watch and, and see what's in front of us. Yes, we've got to do exactly that. So yesterday we were speaking to David Shapiro on the five o'clock shadow, and he he, he was genuinely upset. I thought about Comair seeking bankruptcy protection or whatever uh, the technicalities are in, in South Africa. And there was another just a, a, a small story: uh, a property company was supposed to be building a massive warehouse or distribution center for Pepco, I think it was, and I think the deal was sixty million US dollars, which in round terms is quite a decent sum of money. But they pulled out of that now. Or the, the both parties have pulled out of it. I think we're going to get a whole raft of these things, whether it be small, medium, or large businesses. People uh, filing for protection, or just saying, you know, we've got to we've got to stop for now and work out something with uh, with our financiers. It's a sad situation. It's a very sad situation, and, and to the, the 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 
problem I've got is, and, and certainly as a money manager and, and someone who takes sort of risk on the markets, is trying to weigh up what I'm seeing in front of me. And, and a lot of the things it's difficult to, to use the pun to, or the expression to square the circle because on the one hand, you've got uh, a lot of companies going under, as you just pointed out. You've got a lot of companies who are not going under that are reporting that are actually not even giving guidance. They are refusing to give – these are guys sitting in the C-suite who know exactly what's going on in their businesses who are just cancelling guidance across the world. All these companies in different jurisdictions, different listings are saying, I don't even know what's going to happen. So there's no guidance we're getting. So those of you who are trying to predict where share prices are going right now are even more disadvantaged because you're not even getting guidance from the guys who are running these companies. That's the other thing. And the other one which concerns me as well is I, I, I see all the, the economies slowly, as we pointed out uh, earlier – opening up and going back to work. But this whole idea is almost based on a, I guess, on the game theory that this is that this is the first time it's going to happen. We're going to open up and go back to work. What happens if we get a re-emergence of the virus? What happens if the economies slowly come out and then we drop back into recession again? I don't think that's even factored in either. We've all we've all looked at these these um, bailout packages out of the Fed Reserve, even in South Africa, you know, the five hundred billion sort of COVID-19 bailout package, that's implying we throw it at the problem and we recover. If we don't recover in one shot, and that's what I've got a problem with, Lindsay, is, is once again, I don't. Anyone who thinks they know what's going on or how they're going to factor this out, especially from an economy point of view, they don't know. They haven't a clue. No one knows. Let's have a look at a trading update on the Stock Exchange News Service this morning. This is interesting. This is the Anchor Group. You remember the Anchor Group. Mm. I always bracket them in with with the Signia, and I, th- I think they listed around about the same time. I can't I can't remember, but a couple of good chaps there. Uh, business conditions in South Africa, it says here, have changed dramatically in the past few months due to COVID-19, obviously. For the first quarter of 2020 until 31st of March, the ongoing turnover of the business is 10% higher than the comparable period and assets under management increased by three uh, percent so they they went shooting up they came crashing down and now they seem to be consolidating so a small almost boutique business can do well in the in this environment maybe it's because they're nimble i don't know what do you think of anchor no i, I think it's an it's, it's an excellent run business uh, i think uh, the market is big enough uh, for everyone we can't just have it be dominated by, by a you. couple of big banks or asset managers <laughs> yeah. standard bank or, or any of the other big houses i think it i think there's definitely a demand for smaller boutique houses uh, i think these guys run a very good ship and i thought those results quite frankly at first glance um, the headlines that came across earlier, so just after nine o'clock, I thought they were excellent. I mean, uh, for anyone to increase assets under management yes. in this environment, I think pat on the back for uh, Mr. Armitage and his team. Um, I thought they were a really good set of results. Um, and headlines earnings per, per share in line. So here's a company that's guarded and stuck to their guidance. Although they did put something out there, which I, I expect they have to, that volatility is expected to continue, and it is difficult to forecast earnings for the remainder of the year. So they are pulling in their guidance a little bit. But overall, um, I think kudos, a good set of results. Well done. Okay, let's have a look at the markets now. And after a really good day yesterday on the South African bond market and also the South African currency market, we've got the Rand, uh, yeah, it's 1840. 
dollar rand 1840, British pound against the rand 2289, and the euro rand is 19.93 with the euro dollar 108.30. Um, last night in the United States of America, another good session. Dow Jones, nice and steady, nothing dramatic, nothing, uh, nothing that was eye-watering. Uh, up just over half a percent to twenty-three thousand eight hundred and eighty-three. Dow Jones futures this morning also doing very nicely, up zero point six percent. Nasdaq last night was at one point one percent. S and P up nearly one percent. This morning in the Far East. Tokyo is still closed, but the Shanghai index up two-thirds, Hang Seng up one and a third percent, and the Australian market, the all share in Sydney, down a quarter of a percent. Commodities now, gold price back above 1700, 17.07, uh, which is uh, on the overnight session up about a dollar and a half. Platinum is up a dollar and a half as well at 7.72. Where's Palladium, please, because it had a bad one yesterday. Yeah, bouncing back, back above eighteen hundred dollars an ounce, eighteen ten. That makes it up point four of a percent. And of course, we have to look at oil, which is remarkably quiet. The oil traders must be exhausted after several weeks of <laughs> extraordinary action. Uh, West Texas Intermediate crude is down zero point nine percent, but twenty four thirty four, nearly two and a half times its low of two weeks ago. Brent crude is down a quarter of a percent to thirty dollars. 90. Uh, yeah, so everything calming just, down a little bit. What are we waiting for? It seems so the market's waiting for something. What, what yeah, is it? Just, just to touch on these oil numbers, I mean, they, we, they are, you talk about volatility. I mean, oil yesterday had a massive day, as, as you pointed out. But, I mean, that is a fifth day in a row. It's, it's now one of the longest run of daily gains ever. Um, as what we're seeing at the moment, as you said, almost it's over 140% from its, from its recent lows. Um, it's quite interesting stuff. Once again, I mean, we've touched on this before on the show, just with regards to the derivative contracts, you know, with June and July and West Texas. Mm. So the, the actual spread between the two. So the price of oil for June, the West Texas, which you've just read out on your, on your screen now, you know, $24 and some change. Mm. So the spread between that and the, the month behind, which is, is the July month, that is the narrowest it's been for, for quite a while. So mm. it seems like those concerns over, about oversupply, et cetera, might be easing. And as you said, you can see that this morning as well, a little bit of a, once again, like the other asset classes, volatility not there this morning, so long overdue. The South African 10-year bond, 9.68% was 13.5%, as I keep on saying, but you have to recognize that. We're out of the Wigby, the World Government Bond Index, and yet our bond prices are rallying, our yields are falling, 9.68%, three-quarters of a percent higher this morning, or 7.5 basis points. That is really good news, and that explains, to a certain extent, the strength of the rand, I think, Nick. Very much so. And in fact, we don't always look at, I mean, we don't have, as a habit, as South Africans, we look at the JSU and we look at the, the Rand dollar all the time. We very rarely look at that R186. But for me, that's where a lot of the sort of interest is actually happening now. Uh, and yesterday we had our 10 year, which is the, which is the, the R186 as it's known. I mean, that fell 44 basis points to 9.75%. Yes. Uh, it, it is a huge move in, 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 in bond markets. Uh, there was an auction yesterday, uh, which I kept an eye on as the first auction for a while. Uh, Treasury selling a total of over four and a half billion rand. Uh, they sold um, R186s, 2026, 20, 2030, 2032 bonds. Uh, and just to, it, just for the layman out there, it was well oversubscribed and a big demand. Um, and I think, as you said, that's probably why we're seeing strength in the RAND sort of bucking the trend. And quite frankly, with the government sort of raising the money it's needing to raise and all the doomsdays out there, you know, a yield, given the fact that we're rated sub-investment grade, 
a yield at 9.75%. I think they must be dancing all the way in, in Pretoria on the back of this. Yeah, it's not difficult for someone in London to say, well, I get zero here, I get zero there, I mm. get zero everywhere. Uh, let's have a look at South Africa. It's uh, The Rand is at its lowest levels ever, so I can buy the Rand at the cheapest I've ever been able to buy it, and I can get 97 to 10%, whatever day it is. And uh, exactly. despite inflation and everything else and the currency risk, I'm still 3 4% in the black here. Yes, it's, it's, it's exactly. an easy trade. Exactly. I should be a bond trader in London. <laughs> I might go back to London. <laughs> okay. The um, top five major moves this morning, Nick, are as follows on my screen. Anglo Gold Ashanti up three and two thirds. Harmony up to two and a quarter percent. Goldfields up 2.1%. Implats up 1.4%. And DRD Gold up 1.4% as well. So we've got gold, 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 platinum, and gold on the upside. And yet not really that much when it comes to the gold price itself and also the RAND because the RAND's steady again. So maybe people are anticipatory when it comes to the gold price and the weakness of the RAND. Maybe people are saying uh, both might turn tail. Yeah, it's, it's, I must tell you, I, I, I did a meeting this morning and in my intro I said exactly what we've been sort of mulling about now is that there's been fairly, as if we're waiting for something. You know, directionless yes. trade is... is, is it's heartfelt yesterday, um, and we had a decent bounce, as you said, on Wall Street. We didn't really participate in that in South Africa, um, and and value traded yesterday 18.8 billion, which is which is below 20. We've been managing to get above 20 for the last few weeks, so it definitely feels like I don't know. The market is waiting for something. Volatility has sort of been sucked out a little bit, and we're waiting waiting for the next. I don't know. Waiting for the next move somewhere. Um, I don't know. Does that make any sense? It's just, yeah, it does. It's, 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 like, it's like the phony war. And when the First World mm. War started, everyone said, right, we're at war with Germany. That's it. And then everyone sat around and said, hmm, okay, what do we do now? It's just exactly how I feel at the moment. After three days of relatively low volatility, a little bit of an upside on the S&P and other international markets. And suddenly we think it's May. Maybe something is going to happen. Anyway, mm. we'll mm. see. On the downside today on the JSC, after nearly an hour of trading, uh, TFG, that's the Fashini Group, uh, down 5%. Oceana down 5%. Barlow World down nearly 5%. Nedcore down 4 and 3 quarters percent. And Hammerson down 4.5%. Again, Nedcore not having a, a pretty time there. No, once again, it seems to be when you have these sort of uh, nerves about uh, the lending in South Africa, about the, the banks um, and the like, Nedbank seems to be the sort of the whipping boy almost the go-to. Mm. Um, and they sort of run for it quite quickly um, for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe it's the exposure. They do have more, a larger exposure to uh, commercial property in South Africa than the others. So maybe that's the reason. But once again, you know, I must, com- I must just comment here, Lindsay, yes. that – the old, the old rules that we used to apply to trading are not applying right now. You know, the correlations have, have fallen out of place. I mean, I'm looking here, which you just read back. I mean, all sort of interest rate ran sensitive stocks, all our banks like down three and a half percent. Yet we had a huge run on our rand yesterday on the, on the positive side. Bond yields had a, had one of its best days, I think records yesterday. And yet what would typically happen, you get a big bounce of three percent of the banks today with the other way. So the old, uh, even the old rules, Lindsay, are not applying right now, which makes things even that much more difficult.
Maybe that sums up the market currently. Yes, it is. Something's going to happen. We know that, though. This volatility mm. that we've been used to for now two and a half months is um, is not going away at any time. This is just, as I say, it's called the doldrums. I think if you're a sailor mm. and you get to a certain point uh, on the ocean, it's the doldrums. There's no wind and you just sit there drifting and then suddenly that wind gets whipped up. Mm. Okay, the doldrums will be gone quite soon, I think. Let's have a look at the closing indices. Oh, not the closing. The one-hour indices, please, on the JSC mm. after an hour and two minutes of trading okay so one hour in on, on on this quiet sort of wednesday we have down a quarter percent in the jsc all share 123 points low 49,060. we're holding 49 at one stage i was hoping we'd hold 50 uh jsc top 40 down just 10 points uh, let's call it flat 45,199. and looking at individual indices technology shares leading the market uh, holding it up a bit 0.74 percent basic materials 0.71 percent Energy shares led by the likes of Sassel, they're up 0.23%. And then on a downside, healthcare not having a great session, down 1.32%. Industrials down 2%. Of course, the banks, we spoke about that. The financials down 2.5%. Nick, thank you very much for your time this morning. That was the opening with Nick Kunza, and Nick will be back with us later on. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position, or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.